Hey, everybody, Elizabeth here. Before we get into today's episode, I wanted to make sure that you know registration is currently open for our Spring Strong Foundations cohort. Strong Foundations is a five-week strength building program brought to you by me and Morgan Bungers. Coach Morgan Bungers is one of the best, most effective strength training coaches in this country. He has worked with some of the most elite athletes in the world, and now he specializes working with people in their 40s, in their 50s, in their 60s who want everyday strength. And this is not about being able to push your suitcase into the overhead compartment on an airplane. We need to be consistently and effectively strength training if we want to maintain the strength of our immune system. Muscle is a critical part of our immune system. And if we are not actively maintaining our strength, we are losing it as we age. And that means we are losing the strength of our immune system. It's also a significant component of our overall metabolism, especially our carbohydrate metabolism. Muscle mass plays a huge role in energy, in mood, mental health, bone health, so many different things. This is just not optional, but a lot of us don't do it because we aren't sure what to do. We aren't sure what not to do. We aren't sure if we're moving well. We don't know how to accommodate for our physical limitations or our current level of fitness, and that is why you need a coach and you'd be hard-pressed to find one better than Morgan Bungers. Now, here's the thing about fitness programs. I've experienced this. My mom, who's in her 70s, has experienced this, where you buy a fitness program and then you're like, okay, but I I can't do that workout because I'm not fit enough or I don't have enough balance or I don't have that equipment or that hurts my knees or it hurts my back. And then you're sort of just left to figure it out yourself, which means we often don't do anything. The great thing about Strong Foundations is that Morgan and I are part of it every single day and you have an unlimited ability to ask us questions in a group setting or via direct message so that Morgan can help you scale for you, for whatever equipment you have, for the time that you have, for your fitness level, for your body and your physical limitations. Five weeks, there's two different tiers. There's a beginner intermediate tier. There's an intermediate advanced tier. The testimonials that we have received from our previous clients will blow your mind. You can check them out and also register for your spot by going to primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. If you are an alum, if you have been through strong foundations before, I've already emailed you a renewal link with a special renewal rate. So please use that. If you don't see that email, let me know. For the rest of you, primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. We start on May 13th. So grab your spot now. You will have these workouts for life. Four workouts a week for five weeks, two different tiers. So you've got 40 workouts total. Plus, there is a five-part series on your pelvic floor. That is an incredibly important part of your physical fitness, of your strength, of your core strength, of your overall health, of your ability to maintain functional mobility as you get older. We want you to be a part of this. You will not regret joining the Strong Foundations cohort. It is an incredible community. 
everybody needs to be consistently and effectively strength training. And if you're not, it's probably because you don't know how to make it work for you. And it can be made to work for you. It needs to be made to work for you. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation to register now. Let's get into the episode. This is Primal Potential, and I am your host, Elizabeth Benton. Primal Potential is about you. Your ability to change is not defined by yesterday and doesn't need to wait until tomorrow. Your transformation is now. Let's get started. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Primal Potential Podcast. I am Elizabeth Benton, and I've got some good news. Today is a science-based episode. We've done a lot of mindset lately, and I know there are at least a handful of you out there who are like me and get all into the science stuff. I always say I am a science geek. It is so true, but the reason I talk so much about mindset is because while the science is cool to know and helpful to learn about, the science has not changed my life. The mindset work has the perspective work, the story work, and all of that. But the science is very fun. It's fascinating. I think that when we know better, we have the potential to do better. So that's where we're going today. And I keep pretty detailed notes about the topics that I get questions about. And probably because one of our more recent science-based episodes was related to the microbiome, I have been getting dramatically more questions about bacteria, probiotics, the microbiome, especially things beyond gut health, because that's pretty straightforward, right? Your microbiome has a huge impact on your gut, but also so many other things. So there will be a few things we talk about today that are familiar, but also a few things we talk about today, more than a few that are really new. Just the other day, I got a question from a client of mine who is an esthetician. So she works a lot with skin and skin conditions and helping people look and feel more beautiful. And she was asking about the link between the microbiome and skin. And I was like, you know, that's huge and we haven't really talked about it, but it is so major because whether we are talking about eczema, rosacea, acne, including cystic acne, psoriasis, So many skin conditions begin at the microbiome level. And these are things that you've got to know about your health so that you can do better. The microbiome is not just gut health. In fact, the gut is a small part of it. The gut, yes, is a hub for bacteria, but so is the skin. So is the mouth. Ladies, so is your vagina. Everywhere, all over you, inside and out, are bacteria that make up the microbiome. It's not just your gut. Before we dive into these 10 things I need you to know, so that you can be a better steward of your health, so that you can feel better and not keep chasing this elusive rabbit and these elusive health goals that might be tying back to something very simple and straightforward that you can absolutely influence. Before we get to that, I want to give you guys a heads up that I am going to be doing a webinar 
on September 11th, which is a Wednesday in the evening, Eastern time, 8 p.m., on the three new rules for success. The things that successful people are doing, the things that people who are struggling are generally not doing, the three new rules of success. Here's the deal. The invite to this webinar is only going to folks who are on the wait list for the fall 12 weeks to transformation because those are the serious people, right? They are the ones who are really looking to create change in their lives. So if you are not yet on the wait list for the fall 12 weeks to transformation, I need you to go to the show notes for today's episode, primalpotential.com forward slash 651 or primalpotential.com forward slash transform and get on the wait list for the fall 12 weeks to transformation. That webinar, the three new rules for success is going to be on Wednesday, the 11th at 8 p.m. Eastern time. The info is going to folks who are on the wait list. So you go to primalpotential.com forward slash 651 or primalpotential.com forward slash transform. Those are the two ways to get on the wait list. All right. So sometimes we're still at this place where when I say microbiome, you think gut. When I think, say microbiome, you're thinking constipation, bloating, gas, digestive issues. Yes, and so much more. So much more. Number one, when your microbiome is out of balance, you will gain weight and have trouble losing it without any change to your diet or your exercise. And the reverse is also true. When you optimize your microbiome, holding steady diet and lifestyle, not making any improvements there, you can lose weight and have less trouble, less struggle losing weight. The second thing that we've touched on but haven't really gone deep into is that the microbiome has a significant and undeniable role in the development of, as well as the treatment of, heart disease, metabolic syndrome, autoimmune disorders of all kinds, autism and autism spectrum disorders, and dozens and dozens more conditions and concerns. This is because Nothing goes untouched by the microbiome. Nothing. It has a role in signaling processes of the entire body. If there is a concern or a condition, it has a role related to our bacterial ecosystem good bacteria and bad bacteria, and their ability to signal, which is a whole other thing, right? And I could go off on a tangent there. You can be supplementing with all the probiotics in the world, but if you have too much inflammation in your body that they can't signal properly, that the messages can't get from your gut to your brain or from your brain to your skin cells, that's a problem. And the microbiome has a role in these signaling pathways. It is all related to the microbiome. Seriously, like it's kind of like the Windex jokes in uh, my big fat Greek wedding, how Windex fixes everything. 
it really can't be overstated because we are more bacteria than we are human. We have infinitely more bacterial cells than human cells. Inflammation is a big part of this, and this is the third thing I wanted to touch on. So when we have inflammation in the body, at certain levels, that inflammation is going to impact the central nervous system. And when that happens, this goes back to what we were just talking about, when inflammation impacts the central nervous system, it interferes with all of the signals being sent to and from your brain. We think of the brain as like command center, but dysbiosis causes inflammation, as does poor diet and so many other things. And the inflammation, when it gets to the central nervous system, blocks these signals from being sent. When this happens, everything is thrown off kilter. One of the most common things we associate with this inflammation reaching the level of the central nervous system is depression. And yet, so few people are talking about microbiome resolutions to depression problems. And it's very, very real. So few people are talking about anti-inflammatory diets, not cortisone, cortisone injections or any kind of like anti-inflammatory drug, but lifestyle modifications to lower inflammation, microbiological modifications to lower inflammation for the sake of any signaling issue, which can be any number of hormonal issues, depression, anxiety, mood swings, uh, mood swings, brain fog, you name it. This inflammation is not just localized. A lot of times we think about inflammation that way. We think about inflammation in the gut. We think about inflammation in our joints. We think about inflammation in our brain. But we're all connected, right? Just like the song, the knee bone's connected to the hip bone and all of that. Did anybody else grow up singing that song? It's all connected. So when we have inflammation in the gut, when we have inflammation in the knee, when we have inflammation in the brain, it moves its way to our central nervous system and blocks signaling pathways. All right, this one gets me excited and it's related to carb sensitivity in the microbiome. I have always known that I am sensitive to carbohydrates. What does that mean? I will have a more significant increase in blood sugar if I have, say, a half a bagel than my sister Debbie. Even though we grew up eating the same things, we just have a different way of processing um, carbohydrates. I am more sensitive. If I have pasta, my hands will get puffy because I am sensitive to those carbohydrates. I put on weight more quickly on a moderate to high carbohydrate diet than a lot of other people. I know for those reasons and more that I am sensitive to carbohydrates. Well, this has a role in the microbiome, which really excites me because through microbiological optimization, diet, lifestyle, supplementation, the trifecta, I can become not sensitive to carbohydrates. I can become far less sensitive to carbohydrates. 
The factor, the mechanism of action here when we talk about the link between our sensitivity to carbohydrates and the microbiome is something called indole acetate. Indole acetate. I told you we were getting sciencey today. Indole acetate is not only an anti-inflammatory, but it also helps lower blood sugar. Well, where does indole acetate come from? I know people are like, what foods contain indole acetate? Nope, you're not going to find them. Why? Because indole acetate is produced by certain bacteria in the gut. So if you don't have those bacteria in the gut, or you don't have enough of them in the gut, then guess what? You don't have as much indole acetate, so you are less able to quench inflammation as it rises in the body, and you are less able to optimally regulate blood sugar levels. Hello, that's amazing. When your microbes are producing more indole acetate, your glycemic response goes down. So what that means is, I gave the example of if I have a half a bagel and my sister Debbie has a half a bagel, my blood sugar will go up more than hers. The more indole acetate that you produce, the less your blood sugar rises when you consume carbohydrates. Yes, please. There's also a huge connection between the microbiome and the heart. There was one study that I found really interesting, um, and PubMed.gov is a really great resource. If you like to geek out on the resources and references, just go to PubMed.gov and put in microbiome. You will have enough reading for about 7 million years. Truly, truly. You will never run out. Anyway, 2018, uh, there was a study published in a journal called Digestive Disease and Sciences, Patients who had SIBO, which is a bacterial overgrowth in the small intestine, so the acronym SIBO is small intestine bacterial overgrowth. Easy, right? Patients with SIBO had an 80% higher chance of developing heart disease. And patients with SIBO compared to patients without SIBO had more coronary arteries affected than their counterparts without SIBO. So if we have two groups of patients with heart disease, those who have SIBO have more extensive arterial damage than those who don't have SIBO. But even just looking only at patients with SIBO, small uh, intestine bacterial overgrowth, they had an 80 percent higher chance. Eight zero of developing heart disease. It's not just the development of heart disease and the extensiveness of that disease progression. SIBO is bacterial overgrowth. It's a pathogenic bacterial overgrowth. So we're not like too many probiotics. No, uh, it's pathogenic bacterial overgrowth. SIBO has been associated with DVT, or deep vein thrombosis, which is like blood clotting, uh, they have a higher risk of that. And a lot of this has to do with what? We've talked about it several times. Inflammation. 
inflammation is the starting point of all disease. And we said that all disease begins with the microbiome. If you have dysbiosis, you have more inflammation. And every single health condition that we've talked about, whether we've talked about autism or we're talking about skin conditions or we're talking about um, weight gain, they're all related to inflammation. It's so major. As if we haven't made a strong enough case for you to do something about improving your microbiome, there's more. The sixth thing that I wanted to bring up, short-chain fatty acids. We talked about this before, specifically butyrate. Butyrate is a short-chain fatty acid that you can find in some foods in small amounts, like butyrate is in grass-fed butter, but in very, very small amounts. It's very healthy. It's very health-promoting and good for you. So a lot of people are like, how do I get more butyrate? Butyrate is actually produced by bacteria in the gut, by healthy bacterial bacteria in the gut. And butyrate specifically manufactured by, produced by probiotics in your gut is a big factor in blood pressure regulation. Major, major, major. Another thing that a lot of folks don't know about the microbiome is that NSAIDs, so those non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs, things like Advil and aspirin, significantly alter the composition of your microbiome not in a good way. NSAIDs, those non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs, not only create dysbiosis or bacterial imbalance, they also impair the strength of your gut lining. They are a factor in leaky gut. And leaky gut is a driver of all sorts of autoimmune conditions. So one of the things add to the list in addition to diet, lifestyle, supplementation, if you choose it, is if you are able, lay off the NSAIDs. All right. This is really fascinating. I was actually having a conversation with my mom the other day about eating disorders and uh, some people that we know who have um, teenagers who are struggling with this, right? My mom always worked in the school system, so and and my sister does as well. So talking about teenage health issues is something that happens all the time in my family. Eating disorders have a very significant link to the microbiome. In fact, after I had this conversation with my mom, I was really curious what other things are at play beyond mindset and desires for control and things like that? What physiological factors are at play with eating disorders? And the microbiome is a big, big one. Research shows us conclusively that individuals with eating disorders have altered microbiomes. They have dysbiosis. They have a imbalance in the bad bacteria versus the good bacteria. They have, folks with eating disorders, less diversity of the microbes that make up the microbiome. And that not only affects things like metabolism and hunger and satiety, which is true for all of us, right, but becomes a factor in folks with eating disorders because their metabolism start to function differently, their hunger is not normally communicating with their brain, their satiety signals can be off. 
It also contributes to depression and other psychological issues. So it begins this this, um, vicious cycle of metabolic changes, hunger and satiety changes, mindset changes, all coming from what one thing? The microbiome. The microbiome. That's not all, right? When we have this dysbiosis in these folks with eating disorders, their rates of inflammation are higher, so they're at higher risk of leaky gut. So this then impairs further their metabolism. See, it really is a vicious cycle. And their lack of microbial diversity means less short-chain fatty acids, less butyrate production, and all of these things create a real trifecta where there are physiological impairments, there are metabolic impairments, and then there are real mental, social, emotional impairments, again, all coming from the microbiome. The microbiome is also a factor in the struggles that folks with eating disorders have in recovery. It is very well known that recovery from an eating disorder can be as risky as the eating disorder itself because there are all sorts of um, digestive discomforts, but also risks related to heart health. And a lot of this is stemming not so much from the eating disorder, but the compounded impairments of the microbiome. So there's a ton of research happening right now in general, but very specifically at UNC Chapel Hill at the School of Medicine, looking at the microbiome and anorexia specifically and how they can treat patients not through the traditional ways of food and mindset and prescription drugs through the microbiome. It's a really, really, really big deal. I've been getting a lot of questions about the microbiome and its role in autism and autism spectrum disorders. And I will be the first one to say that I'm not an expert, but I have been talking to not only a lot of experts in the science of this, but also a lot of parents who are working with professionals, helping them to address autism on the whole, but also symptoms of spectrum and spectrum disorders through the microbiome. We know that GI symptoms, gut troubles are really, really common in individuals with autism. And that has to do with what? The dysbiosis, the microbial challenges. When we see an overgrowth of candida albicans, that is associated with increased uh, ASD behaviors, so behaviors associated with the spectrum. This is also true of ADHD. There are certain bacterial strains that show up in higher levels in people who have ADHD that are not elevated in people who do not have ADHD. And it is these strains of bacteria that are associated with a lot of the things we think of when we think of ADHD. So um, impulsiveness and acting out. This is also true with OCD. There is a well-documented link between antibiotic use and, and the trigger of 
obsessive tendencies and the onset of OCD behaviors. So there's a lot of um, research happening now to create treatment plans for ADHD and OCD that are based in the microbiome. I talked about this one a little bit at the start, but the last one I wanted to talk about is beauty. So often we will pour money into topicals for our skin, whether it's acne or it's eczema or it's psoriasis or anything else. We can't lose sight of whatever is happening on the outside of our skin. There's something happening beneath that that more often than not, unless we're talking about like prescription anti-inflammatories, more often than not, these topicals are only topical. They're not addressing what is happening beneath the skin. And one of the biggest components of our microbiome is on our skin. There are at least 10 skin conditions that unquestionably begin in the microbiome. Eczema, rosacea, acne, including cystic acne, psoriasis, dandruff, um, different types of dermatitis, alopecia, which if you haven't been following me on Instagram, the reason that I emphasize that is because my dog, Rumi, the puppy, was recently diagnosed with a genetic form of alopecia. And so when I was digging into the research, the microbiome was a big thing. So guess whose dog is now daily taking probiotics? That would be mine. That would be mine. Uh, as well as mouth sores. Mouth sores are a skin condition that begins in the gut. And there are a bajillion ways that our microbiome influences what's happening on our skin. Inflammation, right? We can't get away from that word. Oxidative stress, that comes from inflammation. <laughs> Tissue lipid levels, this is influenced by our microbiome and it's part of what keeps our skin healthy and strong. Blood sugar. Blood sugar abnormalities and trouble regulating blood sugar has a huge impact on our skin health and our microbiome has a huge impact on our ability to control blood sugar. Um, there's all sorts of pathogenic bacteria. Obviously, if we have too much pathogenic bacteria, then our skin is not going to be healthy infinite things tie back to the microbiome. Here is the best part of all of this. We can change it. As I mentioned on a recent episode, the lifespan of a microbe in our body is only minutes. That means there's two sides to this, right? We can very quickly create dysbiosis if we're on a course of antibiotics, if we get sick, if we're suddenly under a lot of stress, we can do some major damage to our microbiome in a short period of time. The flip side of that is it doesn't take a long time to really significantly improve it. It does not take a lot of time to make those changes. If you haven't listened to the episode that I did about the role of the microbiome and hormones, Estrogen specifically, right? PMS, endometriosis, PCOS, you've got to do that. I will link to it in the show notes for today's episode, and you're going to be heading over there anyway to get on the wait list for the fall 12 weeks to transformation. But if you haven't listened to that, you need to because we can make 
a change here. The first thing we want to do, and uh, if you're looking for a particular book, Raphael Kalman, Dr. Raphael Kalman has a book called The Microbiome Diet, and it focuses on weight primarily, but it does also get into a lot of the other peripheral things that uh, the microbiome touches on. But the second half of that book is focused on the four R's, remove, replace, re-inoculate, restore. Remove refers to removing things that dysregulate the microbiome. So sugar is one of them. Toxins are another one of them. Stress is another one as best we can, either minimizing our stress or improving our response to it. Replace is about replacing these things with Foods and factors that support the microbiome. So cruciferous vegetables, a wide variety of fruits and vegetables, um, things that are naturally going to be prebiotics. Jicama is a great prebiotic. Um, artichokes are a great prebiotic. And then re-inoculate is, for a lot of people, going to include supplementation because yes, absolutely, you first and foremost want to focus on the diet and lifestyle pieces because if you don't have those in place, then the supplementation is really not a great use of your money. But supplementation is a big piece of this. Why do I not recommend supplements here on the show? I get that email at least once a day, sometimes more, because we're all different, right? And some probiotic supplements are really targeting gut health, right? I, I've said before, if you have diarrhea, you want a very different probiotic supplement than if you're constipated, right? If bloating is a factor for you, you want a really different product than if depression and anxiety are an issue for you. But I do, I do happily share what I take, what I recommend, all you got to do is just either leave a comment on the show notes page or shoot me an email and I would be happy to do that. But but those are some of the reasons why. It's very individual. Never in a million years am I going to say, all of you need to do this because we all have different goals for our health. So we have to take very seriously this microbiome thing. I said it a few minutes ago. I'll say it again. You've been hearing me talk about how this impacts depression, anxiety, mood, hormones, uh, focus, concentration, immunity, inflammation, body weight, metabolism, hunger, satiety, skin health, autoimmune conditions, all of this stuff. If you are not actively doing something, even if it's just changing your diet, even if it's just adding in meditation, if you are not taking seriously the role of your microbiome in your health, now is the time. Stop waiting. You are more bacterial than you are human, and we have to take care of our bacterial parts, right? If we don't, if we're just passive about it, then we are not taking as good care of ourselves as we need to be for longevity for, for making life easier. You know, one of the things we've talked about before that I'm not going to dive into today is the fact that this dysbiosis can make you way more hungry, way more likely to store fat, have satiety be fleeting, meaning you get hungry much more quickly after a meal than you ought to. Changing your microbiome makes all of that better so it doesn't have to constantly feel like a struggle to eat better or to lose weight. So like I said, um, the microbiome diet 
is a great book. It's by Dr. Raphael Kelman. I will link to it in the show notes. There's also a book called The Mind-Gut Connection. If you're more interested in uh, cognitive diseases, anxiety, and depression, that is a really, really great book as well. And if you're like, okay, I'm ready, but I want to know, Elizabeth, what you're doing for your gut health, or I want to know if you have recommendations for supplementation for me, just shoot me an email. It's just that we're all so different. And realistically, if you're eating a ton of sugar, I'm not going to say you need a probiotic supplement. I'm going to say you need to start to reduce the sugar in your diet. True, true story. We're all at different places. And I just don't carte blanche recommend um, supplements or a particular supplement for anybody across the board. And I hope you can understand where I'm coming from. If you want to learn more about the opportunity to change not only your gut health, but maybe people that you know. I do have a private Facebook group that I've created exclusively for people who want to learn more about that and who want to hear more of my unfiltered thoughts. The reason my thoughts are filtered here, again, is because we're all at different points in our journey. And I want to leave a lot of room for the fact that some people just need to clean up their diet. (laughs) They don't need to try to hit the easy button and spend 100 bucks on supplements. They just don't. It's not going to be the biggest needle mover for them. Um, But in this particular Facebook group, I'm I'm much more open about what I'm doing, about how it helped me, I know, I know, um, get pregnant and all of those different things. So if you're like, okay, no, no, I'm really serious and I want to know more, I will link to that particular Facebook group over on the show notes page, which you can find at primalpotential.com forward slash 561 primalpotential.com forward slash 561. I want you to head over there anyway, because remember, I'm doing that free webinar on the 11th, 8 p.m. Eastern time. That's September 11th. It's a Wednesday, 8 p.m. Eastern time, the three new rules for success. That webinar is going to be for folks who are on the wait list for the 12 weeks to transformation. And I hope to see you there. Make it a great day. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of the Primal Potential Podcast, where my goal is not to inform you, but to transform you. And if you would like to receive free motivation and strategy and recipes, workouts, meal ideas every week right to your inbox, just text the word PRIMAL to the number 44222 or go to primalpotential.com slash join. It's a great way to get the tools, the strategies, and the practical implementation assistance that you need to create your own transformation between podcast episodes. Just text the word PRIMAL to the number 44222 or go to primalpotential.com slash join. See you there. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.